Hi friends, it's good to be back. I haven't made some podcasts in a while because it's been summer. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I have four kids that are all under eight and they're just running around and pulling my pants down and demanding snacks day in and day out. So I just kind of took a sabbatical and haven't made a podcast in a while. So I'm back. It feels um, good to be talking to myself again and um, reaching you <laughs> in post-production. Um, so the news is that I've changed the name of the podcast to the Mindful Drinking Movement. That is also now the name of my program, my one-to-one -one client program, and also my Facebook group. So if you want to come find me on Facebook and you want to join the Mindful Drinking Movement, that is how you find it. Um, I originally was just working with women because I'm a woman and I felt like the, um, especially the wine marketing was really attacking women or, you know, really going after women. And I felt really defensive about that. And also as an antidote to the mommy wine culture and just seeing so many women over consuming and, um, just the copious amounts of alcohol that women are drinking. So that was really my initial approach to the work that I do. Um, and I love the dudes and I love all the genders. And so I just want to be more inclusive in the people that I'm speaking to. So hello, any gender that you are, we are now the mindful drinking movement. So welcome. Um, it's Friday for me right now. And I wanted to make a podcast specifically to help people navigate the weekend. And there's often more drinking on the weekend than there is during the week. And that is something that needs to be addressed. And I think that that is something that people really struggle with. Even if you're able to get days off during the week where you don't drink, it seems to kind of um, have this like rubber band effect where you then you need to like catch up with the drinking that you didn't do during the week. I see that and people have told me that many times. I definitely felt that way myself. And so this podcast is, um, I actually, I made a, an Instagram story sequence, um, that inspired this podcast and I called it how to not get drunk at a gathering. So I'm just kind of, kind of recap. Um, if you saw that on Instagram, then this will be a repeat for you, but then I'll also like to give you some, um, introspective tools that you can apply. So these are kind of more topical technique based things. So how to not get drunk at a gathering by Jessica Betancourt. Okay, first, make a lot of food. Have food around, right? Have bowls of nuts, have some olives, have some small pieces of cheese. Put food out, things for people to just kind of grab with their fingers. Um, I guess this is if you're having a gathering at your house, but if you're going somewhere, you should always bring food. You should always bring something. Um, have food going constantly because it really slows down the absorption of alcohol into your bloodstream. If you have no food in your stomach and you drink on an empty stomach, the, the blood-brain barrier is crossed almost immediately by alcohol. Alcohol doesn't have to be digested like a regular food substance through the stomach and through the intestines, it immediately goes out into your bloodstream and makes a beeline for your brain. And that sounds terrible, but it's just totally true. However, you can slow that process down by keeping some small bites going into your system to slow that absorption. So you don't get wasted and act like a fool, obviously. Eat small bites of food. 
um, eat small bites of food and just really enjoy it and, and that will help slow your drinking down as well. So keep out bowls of snacky bites and um, in my case when I made my Instagram story I was making a paella for my husband's birthday so you could do a slow cook project and have other people engage in it with you you know like the kids if they're old enough to manage a knife safely you can have them chop things have other people make the food with you which also keeps hands busy it builds that sense of community and fun that we're often trying to achieve just by sitting around in the drinking circles all right, so this is kind of an antidote, an antidote to breaking that up. Tra-la. Um, put out a fresh bowl of fruit, things that people can just grab with their hands that don't require a lot of prep work on your behalf. So I had out a bowl of like the small little pears that were in season this summer, and people were just macking on those. And so again, it's just to slow the alcohol absorption in your body. And also you want to keep your hands busy. When we have things to do with our hands, such as eating fruit, it really, um, it really satisfies that need for sensation of engagement, right? And you're getting your body more activated as well. It, it allows you to be more present when you're using your hands. And hands activate your mind um, in a way that makes you just feel more present right and feel more engaged with the world around you the up and down cup action doesn't count in this circumstance <laughs> um have alcohol free beverages available i can't think of how many times i've gone to someone's house and even if there were kids present they had nothing for the kids to drink or maybe there were some juice boxes or something but we don't want those let's step it up a little bit um, also, I, I mean, I'm just noticing in general, it's like, it's so easy to get a cheap beer or a gross wine or the good stuff as well. Right. But it's just so abundant. It's just like run of the mill everywhere. Like where I live in Spain, for example, it's pretty party hardy in a lot of the towns and cities and just walking down the street, it's like bar, 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 cafe, bar. And if you look at their drink menu, I know this is changing, um, in Europe, we have some catching up to do, but it's definitely happening. But it's just hard to find a delicious, yummy drink, um, a non-alcoholic drink that is satisfying, that's not like some O'Doul's or something. Um, but we can make these at home. So what I did is I got a huge glass bowl that we use for salad, and I did homemade lemonade in it, and then I put a soup ladle in it and fresh mint leaves, and I put a bunch of cups next to it just to like make it super easy for people to get a refreshing drink. And that went quickly. <laughs> also, the lemon really helps to clean out and flush your liver, which you absolutely need and want. If you are drinking alcohol, you don't want fatty, um, fatty deposits to build up on your liver. So lemon really helps to flush out the toxins of your liver. A plus for lemonade. Other good choices are if you have kombucha, if you brew kombucha, to have kombucha out. Um, iced tea is so awesome, sweetened or unsweetened, put fresh herbs in it, fancy up water, just have these things out and available or make them out and if you're going to a party, be the one who brings it. You will be popular. What else, what else? Oh, and then um, in my story, I also did 
um, an example of how to make a low alcohol wine cocktail. So if you do make lemonade, you can just take the lemonade, put it in a glass with ice, and then you pour like a half a serving of red wine on top. If you're into it, you could also do red, uh, white wine. Here in Spain, that's called Tinto Verano, and it's really low alcohol, it's delicious. It's a half a glass of wine, but when you drink it, you drink it like a cocktail. So you are drinking less alcohol, but you're having the satiation of having an alcoholic drink, but it's low alcohol. That's an option. And what else, what else, what else? Oh, and then as I put out more food. Um, put out some bread with some olive oil and vinegar and chopped garlic and salt and pepper. Put out more nuts. Um, I also, what did I say? Oh yeah, hang out with the kids. The kids will really, if there's kids at a party, um, speak to them, talk to them, hang out with them. What I notice about the kids in communities where there's adult drinkers is the kids look exceptionally bored and they're hopping on their devices, they're plotting how they can get out of there. Engage the kids, put on music and have a dance party with them. Um, if they're little, get down on the floor with them, play with them, wrestle with them, you know, engage with the kids because the kids are not drinking, hopefully, and the kids presence and their energy will remind you of when you were that way as well. Um, so it helps refresh the innocence that your body and that your brain and that your spirit once knew and still has memory of and still can repeat and experience. And it builds relationship, it builds trust and safety with kids who may be at a party where a bunch of adults are drinking. Um, they need that. So be the one to give it to them and drink water, drink water in between every drink. If you have an alcoholic drink, the next drink should be a glass of water. Before and after and in between every alcoholic drink, drink water. And finally, um, my last tip for how to not get drunk at a gathering is to end your night with tea. So don't, um, don't, don't do it. I hate that. Um, Instead of opting for a sixth or seventh drink or whatever it may be or having that final nightcap like you just don't want the night to end, make yourself a glass of tea. And people have told me they don't like tea, but then they've tried this and then they've grabbed onto it as a way to end the night. So that signifier, that more ceremonial ending the night. And if you leave the party and you go home, you can still do this. Make yourself a cup of tea. And you can put cream in it or almond milk or oat milk or whatever you like. Put a little um, um, cinnamon on top if you like or turmeric, something. Make it special, make it fancy, and sit and sip with that. And really just notice how the alcohol has affected your body, your brain. You can also notice it wearing off so you're not going to bed drunk or wasted. If you have that cup of tea at the end, it really brings you into a greater awareness of the, um, the alcohol that you've consumed and how it has affected you. And awareness really is the key. The more awareness and then you can bring to yourself, the more self-reflective you become, the more information you can gather, the more you can do away with your stories and, and the beliefs that you've been holding on to that have perpetuated the alcohol habit for you, the more you can like be loose about that and be curious about that and allow 
new information to come in and what else might be true, what else is possible. It is a more gentle and compassionate way to um, break apart your drinking habit and to do away with the, the pieces that are harming you. Okay, so those are more like tools and techniques, more kind of topical things that you can apply. Um, and these things work and help, but what really, really works is doing the inside work. And that is how you make yourself comfortable without alcohol. And that requires a reprogramming of your subconscious beliefs. It requires being with yourself in a way that maybe you haven't been used to for a long time. It requires feeling your feelings and allowing them to pass. It's not making yourself wrong, but really, really loving yourself and all the like parts of yourself that may feel tender or explosive or even gross or anything. Just the stuff that we avoid by drinking are the things that come up to be healed when you lessen your drinking. And that can seem really daunting and overwhelming, just the thought of it. But when you lean more into that experience, it's actually really beautiful. And it's so empowering and it really just feels like being alive with all the textures and the ups and downs of being a human being. So that is my message really is to invite you more on that journey and to step more into what it means to live independent of craving and needing alcohol all the time. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're at a gathering and you're looking around and you're taking visual cues from people drinking a lot, Look around for people who, who aren't doing that. I think we all know some of those people, right? They're the ones who, who seem fine with just like that one drink or like they're not always holding a drink or maybe they don't seem like they're the ones who are craving it as much as maybe you are, I was, or your tight homies that also, you know, exhibit the similar behavior that you have. Look for the people who are not doing that. And allow yourself to kind of absorb that by osmosis if you can or like wonder what it is that they're thinking that allows them to do that but don't flip it around and then make something wrong with you right you're it's just like doing research or again look at the kids what are the kids doing because our brains really like to mimic the behavior of others as a way to bond and belong so if your bonding and your belonging has um, mostly been involving the people who are drinking copiously, regularly, chronically, binging, um, and you are doing that as well, see how you can get yourself to be influenced by the actions and the behaviors of other people who are not necessarily doing that. Find that one person or find those kids or find those other people, um, even if just to watch them and to be curious. Look for, and also you're giving yourself evidence that not everyone is getting wasted. And if they are, <laughs> maybe you need to seek outside of the normal social circles that you're in for activities and alternatives just to broaden your perspective on possibilities for yourself. Um, also, another thing you can do is to pay attention to how your tummy feels. Pay attention to how your body feels. Are you getting queasy with certain drinks? I know that I've gotten queasy with certain drinks and then I made myself drink it because I wanted the buzz even though it like hurt my stomach. 
So really to just drop into your body and to let your body be the one who's choosing what you consume. Right? So when I, um, I often say, don't drink with your eyes, drink with your gut. So it like looks good or like that looks appealing or this person has that drink. Oh, maybe I want one of those. But like check in, close your eyes even if you can and like check in with your digestive system. Check in with the way that you can feel your brain tingling. And then have a glass of water. <laughs> um, also, remember that when you're sitting and being sedentary and just drinking and smoking in those little hubs that we are all really familiar with, that is a rabbit hole. So even if, if you are in that, have the cognizance, the awareness that you are in one of, of the hubs of the holes. And while the conversation may seem really juicy and it like seems like you're in the, in the sisterhood or the brotherhood or the, the hood, <laughs> um, break away from it. Take a moment out of it. Stay visible. Like move around. Talk to other people. Ask other people questions. Engage in conversation. Get up and walk around because then you really notice the effect that alcohol is having on your motor skills, on, on your cognition, on your mobility. And that's really important. And um, get up and move around. And remember, you are an adult. You are not a teenager sneaking booze and it doesn't have to be consumed in this vapid pace. Um, no one's going to take it away from you. If the bottle is looking like it's about to run out, you don't have to hurry up and get it. There will be more if you want more. It's like we, we live in a world of plenty. And there's plenty of alcohol. <laughs> um, I know I've definitely had that experience where it's been like, oh, I want that kind of red and there's only that much left. I'm just going to dump it in my glass so I can have that for myself. And it's like, what kind of mentality is this? This is like a scarcity mentality. I think I'm going to make an entire episode just on a scarcity mentality and how that shows up in our drinking and a friend of mine commented on that and I was like, wow, that really makes sense. Like scarcity mentality definitely shows up with drinking, money and relationships and all sorts of other things. But certainly if you have had that experience where like you see a bottle running low or you see a certain drink running out and you feel like you just need to get it quick before someone else does, that is scarcity mentality. And so just to be aware of that, what would it harm you if, if you didn't get that, right? Would it really? No, it might actually be doing you a favor. Um, what else? So this is a kind of like old thinking, right? Like the scarcity mentality really comes from being younger, right? Maybe when we only had like $5 collectively to get a couple of 40s and like it's going to run out and that, that like hoarding mentality of drinking more and more, um, so you can have more for yourself. <laughs> Am I the only one who's thought this? Let me know. Um, also remember you don't have to hang, right? You're not at a kegger. Oh, here's a bunch of my kids screaming. Okay, I'm gonna cut this off in just a minute. Um, you don't have to hang, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. And notice in your past, if and when you were ever that way. And if you do notice that, then that is something that definitely needs to be released, right? That is an old, outdated mentality that doesn't belong to the adult version of you. You're an adult you're an adult. You can go get whatever you want at any time, probably most likely, right? So to just let go of, of a kind of 
controlling factors that are maybe motivating your drinking. Just be aware. Also, be picky. Be picky. Don't drink the cheap red wine, the Coors Lights, or whatever. I mean, unless you love those things, just because that's all that that is left, or if that's all that's there. Be picky. Be particular. Be a snob. Like, look around and see how the drunk people are just getting drunker, and ask yourself if you want to be that as well, or where. What would you rather be, right? What would a more elevated version of you do in those moments? And what is it actually going to give you? I mean, what is that sixth cheap beer going to give you? And when you can really embody and accept and embrace that the answer is nothing except feeling shitty, that's when things will start to change for you, I promise. All right. Um, Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for recognizing that you're someone who is waking up from the spell of drinking, over drinking, chronic drinking, binge drinking, that alcohol is not the answer to life. It's not the be all end all. There's so, this is such a beautiful experience, life, right? A human being on planet earth is a blessing and um, we don't need to be giving our power away to alcohol just because we have in the past. doesn't mean that we can't change that. You can absolutely change it. Thank you for being here today. Oh, um, if you are someone who regularly drinks after work or as like a way to end your day or that it's your, now it's your time to relax, now you get to unwind and you do that um, with alcohol, I am offering my program Happier Hour. It starts September 21st and it runs till October 21st, so a month, 30 days more or less, where I will coach you in real time Monday through Thursday. So what you would do is you would pick a goal of how many alcohol-free entire days that you're not going to drink alcohol, a full cycle of 24 hours, whether you want one or four of those in a week. If you've not had an alcohol-free day in a long, long time, you can start with one. And if you have tried to have one, but you haven't had one, then this is definitely the place for you. If you do have one, but you'd like to have more, it's also the place for you. Um, it's where I will coach you. We will use neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, and mindset training. So you really learn to become someone who craves having full days off of not drinking. And I offer real-time coaching because it's usually like we're all well-intended in the morning, right? And we're like, I'm not going to drink today after work if you're someone who's actively doing that. But then at like 4.35 or something happens, it stresses you out. And then it's like things get sabotaged, your plans go out the window, and then you just have a drink. And then you're like, well, I had one, so I might as well have four, like that kind of thing. This is to help you stop that train wreck uh, pattern where you're self-sabotaging yourself and often it happens because people are just going it alone or it's like no one's going to see you or you just don't know what to do or you feel like it's just like so frustrating and you just want to give up. Well, I am here to help you not give up. I am here to help give you visibility and accountability and support in getting alcohol-free weekdays. So happier hour. Um, you can find the link for that in the show notes. And I hope you have a beautiful day and I will see you again soon.